Hi friends, Darren Watts here at Double Take Sports Talk. If you haven't heard about the Anchor app, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free. Secondly, there's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. I did it the other day and it's very easy to do. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it could be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more wherever you listen to your uh, podcast at that point. You can make money from the podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So, what's the next steps? I'm glad you asked. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, that is anchor.fm. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time. Put those earbuds in, turn up the volume, because it's the time for another edition of Double Take Sports Talk with the Watch Brothers right now. Today's objective is to continue understanding Bubba Wallace's uh, breaking point in racism. Before we do that, Daryl, hi, fella. Not too shabby. Not too shabby. Not too shabby. I'm good. cool. Good. I'm cool. Good. How about you? Good. I'm good. No game. Uh, yeah. Another week in the book for me. Um, Done until tomorrow. Gotta work. So I'll be working from home, of course, um, on Saturday. But I probably won't get up as early as I intended to. Right. I'll get up probably by around <clears throat> when I'm good and ready. How about that? All right. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't, have no, I don't have no kids to deal with. Um, I can get up at a reasonable time and mm-hmm. do what I have to do six o'clock maybe the earliest I get up yeah. and start trying to do things get things together make it a successful next week not just for myself but of course everything else that's going on amongst you and I and things that are going on so absolutely absolutely all right, so we're in this Bubba Wallace's Breaking Point series. So we're talking about uh, Bubba Wallace's Breaking Point and talking about racism. Uh, yesterday, I covered just talking about uh, his breaking point and when he actually started the need to share his thoughts and his feelings about racism and the things he has seen amongst Ahmed Arbery and uh, Breonna Taylor and George Floyd and all the other black people that uh, were killed unarmed by uh, police officers. So today, continuing in that series, we're going to be talking about working with the great one, Michael Jordan. Now, this actually kind of shifts Bubba Wallace out of this part of the series it brings more of a perspective from Bubba Wallace, not Bubba Wallace, Denny Hamlin and Michael Jordan and how they got together to be able to create this team that Bubba Wallace is on after leaving Richard Pryor, Richard Pryor's, Richard Petty's uh, NASCAR team. So, how did Michael Jordan and Denny Hamlin meet? Simple. They met at a then at a then Charlotte Bobcats game back in uh, 
2009. Uh, so that's when they developed the relationship. And one of those things that they included in that relationship was golfing. Now, most people that are successful do say that a lot of ideas come from golfing. So that's how they came up with the idea of creating the first Jordan brand of NASCAR drivers. Um, he, uh, my course, we all know about Michael Jordan. Uh, he owns the NBA uh, Charlotte Hornets. He grew up in North Carolina. And he told Denny Hamlet that if he ever seriously considered fielding a car, he would want to be a partner. And it just so happened to come together last summer just as a NASCAR just as NASCAR was more explicitly embracing exclusivity, and Jordan was sold on him. So Jordan jumped on it and wanted to be a part of the team, especially as a man that do not know a whole lot about racing. So that kind of brings more of that perspective for Jordan getting out of his comfort zone by being more uncomfortable and going into something he knows nothing about. Nothing. This is way out of his comfort zone. Definitely. And one of the things to be successful is you have to go out of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. You have to go out of your comfort zone. Absolutely. Um, Michael Jordan doing this at a time back last year, during the summer, maybe spring, doing it during that time of everything and the hype that was going on with Breonna Taylor, Ahmed Arbery, George Floyd. I think was Rayshon Brooks like a couple of weeks or a couple months after George Floyd. Yeah, when you have these different things going on, Michael Jordan coming together and doing this, he said that with social justice issues, NASCAR was really making a lot of changes, and Michael Jordan definitely wanted to be a part of that. And Denny Hamlin uh, mentioned that, uh, he mentioned that, and he also mentioned that he saw an opportunity as well to not only do team up with Michael Jordan, but also saw the opportunity to expand his horizon and follow into a sport that probably doesn't know a whole lot about it. And Michael Jordan don't know a whole, a whole lot about NASCAR. He know a whole lot about golf. He knows a lot about basketball. He knows a lot. He knows a lot about baseball, mm -hmm. but he don't know a whole lot about racing. That's out of his element. And to confirm your theory, it was uh, less than two weeks after George Floyd. Wow. And this is why Jordan teamed up with them. It's like, <laughs> yeah. we, we got to do something. Got to so, do something about this. so after three full seasons with Richard Petty Motorsports, Bubba Wallace. Uh, of course, became the first black full-time NASCAR driver since Wendell Scott in 1971 and was set up to become a free agent at the time. And all of the pieces just started falling in. Now, correct me if I'm wrong on this one. I'm about to get to say. Jordan's level of involvement with racing has been a challenge to determine. His team name that he's wanting to go is 23XI. Would that be 236? 23XI? But just XI. Ain't that six? Should be 11. Denny Hamlin. Okay, his number. So it'd be 2311. So they use Michael Jordan's number, actual 23, Three. but use Denny Hamlin's number as Roman, Roman numerals. Yeah. So during all of this, they, they had to operate behind you know, behind the scenes uh, in his post-playing career endeavors. But Hamlet said of Jordan that who at times had been criticized in his career for not taking a stance on social issues, seeing a chance to win races and create uh, change within the sport. Now, we watched uh, um, what's the movie we call that we got? Uh, the documentary series, uh, oh. The Last Dance. Yeah. We watched that, and they mentioned that also in the, uh, in there, and I want to get to that really quick in just one second after I'm finished with this. Um, with, with NASCAR being a predominantly white male sport, uh, 2311 offered Wallace a chance to contend for 
uh, wins and eventually championships and hope while boosting the platform to conform uh, and justice. Interim team president Steve Lollett, Lottetta said that he was impressed with how Bubba Wallace handled himself last year amid these controversies and national unrest. Of course, mainly being with the whole noose investigation, uh, Bubba Wallace handled, handled himself very well, considering that a lot of people thought that, oh, Bubba Wallace did this, Bubba Wallace did that with the noose, and he had absolutely nothing to do with it. He was just afraid to go out to dinner, didn't know nothing about it, but one of his crew chiefs called it in, but they talking about, him and Donald Trump coming in with his ignorance and everything else, uh, he commended him for that. Uh, his eager to, he is eager to see what Bubba Wallace could do with a top-level equipment, uh, Jordan support, and some of the big-time sponsors in a spotlight. Uh, what makes Bubba Wallace special is how he handled himself by just being Bubba Wallace. Uh, by only being a black driver at the highest level of a sport, how he got there, how he developed relationships with partners and people the guys on his team. And that's very important mm -hmm. uh, to develop relationships regardless of the, the color of your skin and that everybody is benefiting on all sides and have an enhanced knowledge chance to be able to uh, really succeed together. This is a chance for Michael Jordan to succeed in a sport he never really achieved there before. This is a chance for Bubba Wallace to really be on top. And this is a chance for Denny Hamlin as well, teaming up with Michael Jordan and Bubba Wallace to be able to do what they do. Okay. Let's go back to this statement that Denny Hamlin said. Um, he did say that Jordan... Uh, who has times have been criticized for his career for not taking a stance on social issues, sees a chance to win and create change uh, within the sport. Now, when we look at this, Michael Jordan took this as part of social uh, social injustice issues. And on the last dance, they mentioned that Michael Jordan did not really talk about racism during his time of playing ball because all he wanted to do was play ball. He didn't want anything to interfere. Now, we never really talked about this, but really briefly, do you agree with what Michael Jordan did during his times in the NBA? I would like to say yes and no. But at the same time, I would mainly... It's tough because you can use this platform to raise awareness. Mm -hmm. It's very... It's easy. Well, it wasn't easy back then to do it. Yeah. But anything that could have damaged, you know, everything that he worked hard for <laughs> was, you know, on the line. So I can't say that I agree with what he did, but also at the same time say, hey, I'm not mad at what he did either. I'm not either. I actually agree with it only because he had to, to street up. Uh, he had to. Um, that's what I'm looking for. Uh, he had to strategize yeah. a way yeah. to be able to still support black people, but not do it in the way that it stepped on people's toes. Now that he had already established himself, and now that he had seen how Colin Kaepernick was treated by Nike, he knew that this was his chance to be able to come up and be better towards the black community. That's why he started doing more with the black community and he started, you know, speaking out a little bit more. That's not Michael. Michael don't speak out like that. No. No. Michael don't speak out like that. No. We've seen this. No matter how many times you stick a camera in front of his face because he had to talk in the NBA, he did not speak out on that. No. He didn't. Those are things he didn't want to speak out. No, he did not. Personal or not. Exactly. And now that he has the chance, he's speaking out on it, he's helping, and he's getting involved in the ways that most people wouldn't even recognize. Now NASCAR is about to be able to get some real attention in a whole different way. It's not in a Confederate flag type of way. This is actually in a more of a black atmosphere. And Michael Jordan being on, uh, being you know, as a part of a NASCAR team now. Right. So it's just something to think about. 
uh, along the way. Absolutely. Um, if you're watching NASCAR, I'll probably start watching NASCAR now more that. often just because of that. And a lot of black people could be the same way. But I just wanted to touch up on that. That's part two. We'll have part three on Monday. Ex- expectations with new t- with his new team, Bubba Wallace's new team. Uh, today is working with uh, Michael Jordan and how that is established. Anything else you want to add? No, sir. All right, let's take a look at sports. What you got? Sports. All right, real quick, before I get into the Kobe Bryant deal. Um, Knicks and the Wizards. They're playing currently right now. It's 20-14 Knicks. They're still in the first quarter. At the time of this recording, which is 7-24. So, oh, 22-14, sorry. 22-14 Knicks. And they're on the road. In D.C. Second thing. Uh, I want to say Monday night. Marty Schottenheimer had passed away at the age of 77. Yeah, I think it was Monday night. Yeah. He had passed away at the age of 77. He had been dealing with um, Alzheimer's since 2014. And I think... uh, I want to say it was some weeks ago that they finally put him in hospice care. Hospice and, care? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it ain't been the same since. And he either passed away every night. So. That's uh, Marty Schottenheimer. Oh! And uh, Britt Reed, Andy Reed's son, mm-hmm. is no longer with the Kansas City Chiefs. His contract expired, so they like it's that especially after the whole ordeal with uh, the crash and him taking prescribed uh, medication behind the wheel <laughs> so uh, they're still investigating him of course <laughs> of course um, he critically injured three children uh, one seriously hurt well actually he injured three kids two is in serious condition and one is critical so, yeah, so bearing that in mind for, yeah. uh, for that. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. Kobe Bryant. Hold on. Before you do, really, really quick, yes. I'm just going to share this just because I think it's just interesting to share. Okay. There's a, in particular, Vermont senator that ripped the league, the MLB league, for cutting 40 minor league games, calling it a disaster for baseball fans. Bernie Sanders. Are you serious? Yep. He is very unhappy with the MLB. He said that ripping the league or cutting 40 minor league games, he is calling that a disaster for baseball fans. He could be right because we don't see a lot of uh, professional baseball teams. No. Uh-uh. He could be right. I'm not a, we're not baseball fans like that, but, you know, we do watch baseball. We do have yeah. our... The certain team that we root for, you yeah. Cardinals, me Cubs, yeah. you know, but it's not like something that we'll just go out of the way for. We'll go to watch an Indians game, but you'll get to see, we don't get to see a lot of that on TV, so. Yeah, yeah. it could be right. No yeah. Way. Thank you, Jesus. My sight came back up. Oh! <laughs> I was going to say, uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, my website came back up. So. All right, good. Good. Good to know. All right. So, let's get to the nitty-gritty of Kobe Bryant. So, it took me some time to actually read some of the articles, and the articles was pretty much all of the same. They had different wordings. So, I'm going to put this in plain, flat-out English. Period. Yep. So, the investigation turns out that when they had their hearing, that the driver, Ira Zabayan, he had became disoriented about the helicopter's position in uh, relative to the horizon. Mm-hmm. So he panicked, in other words. Right. He practically panicked. Right. And they also learned that he had absolutely no training when it came to dealing with visibility and clouds and uh, mm-hmm. that 
sort of ordeal in that category. Right. He had absolutely no training. Right. And so now they are, well, federal investigators mm-hmm. are now recommending that there should be significant helicopter safety changes and more pilot training because of this. Mm-hmm. And also because of that, they also have the Kobe Bryant law passed into the bill, uh, I think back in September. When I think I mentioned it uh, when I was talking about Vanessa Williams. Um, that when they recently passed that bill, that um, they would be fined a thousand dollars for sharing mm-hmm. uh, crime scene photos mm-hmm. to anybody that's outside of the FI or uh, FIB. I'm thinking of Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, FBI yeah. and all the deal. Mm-hmm. If it ain't business related, then it'll be five thousand dollars. So they added that uh, law. Into an effect, so that's the new law now. Um, so to pretty much say that he neglected the training, he neglected it. Mm-hmm. Period. He actually went and did his thing and cost all of their lives. That's what they pretty much had said, right? Yeah. And it kind of frustrates me because I think I said it that that could have been easily preventable. Right. And he didn't take the training for it, which is really devastating and making that situation worse. That's how that happened. And we're all just sitting here like... This could have been avoided. This could have been avoided. It was easily prevented. Mm -hmm. And people are still trying to grasp this man's death. Yes. And we are over a year in now. A yes. year and almost a month here pretty soon on the 26th. Mm-hmm. He still should be alive. JG. The Abitalis. All of them that was involved in this. They all should be alive. Mm-hmm. They should all be alive. Yeah. And here we are discussing a Investigation into his crash, which could have been easily prevented. Easily. Very much so. Very much so. So, another thing that I had learned was that the helicopter that was being used, the Skyrosky S-76B that Zobia was piloting, well, piloting or driving, or say the least. Um, the previous recommendation that the turbine power helicopters, such as that, um, to be equipped with crash resistant flight data, voice, and image recorders. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that was on the helicopter, mm-hmm. from what I was understanding. Yeah. They, uh, I think they said it had been removed at that point. Um. There was one more thing. There was one more thing I wanted to share. Oh, I already did the Kobe Bryant law. Never mind. Um, there. Yes. With this Kobe Bryant ordeal, when everybody says that it's still hard to take in, is it harsh for you still? Yes. Is it hard to take it in? Yes. Yes, yes, yep. Yes. So after yes. a year, how are you absolutely feeling right now that the fact that we're in this investigation and um, and that Kobe is in the year of his death? How are you feeling up to this point? What do you what do you think in the sense of you that you're feeling right now? Do you feel like that this man has betrayed? Everything that he has learned and worked hard for, because to pretty much in my personal opinion, to impress this man, because he has established a good relationship with him, that he was trying to please to his satisfaction to get to where he needed to go. Well, we semi talked about that the other day, mm-hmm. uh, not the other day, but a little while ago. Yeah. We don't know the real motive behind it. We don't know if Kobe Bryant actually said, no, we need to get here. 
And we probably won't even know that. And we probably won't know that. And it very well could have just been him himself that just said, you know what, I'm just going to fly and I have no experience on this behalf and I'm just going to take a risk. I don't know. Uh, But my biggest thing is is that I am still processing this even after a year because I still go back and watch a lot of his mixes. But I have something else on my mind that has absolutely nothing to do with this. So I'm kind of like mind-boggled in two separate ways. Okay, well, I'm just about that anyway, so go ahead. Well, even at that, you're going to be mind-boggled too because it affects you too. Um, But the thing is, having... Having this as an investigation now should not really be an investigation, like you said. This really should be, oh, he should have just pulled back, back to where he was at. Even the police did that day. Did what? The day that the the helicopter crash, Kobe Bryant's helicopter crash. Uh-huh. They said the visibility was so bad, even the police had pulled their helicopters down. Are the police in uh, Calabasas, California? Yeah. 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 They pulled that up. They said pull back. And he should have did the same thing. He should have did the same thing. He should have did the same thing. Yeah, police even did. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm just flabbergasted about it. Still trying to process it. Still, uh, I looked at his last uh, last game, his farewell game in 2016, Utah Jazz and the Los Angeles Lakers. And I got Mm -hmm. through the second quarter and I just could not watch it no more after that. Not trying to be, not trying to be a, a ass or anything, mm-hmm. but I damn near shy away from it because the emotions that will hit me the minute that I will look at a highlight, the minute I look at a quote mm-hmm. by him, mm-hmm. the minute that I look at his family, the minute I look at Paul Cazone and how hurt. Oh, yeah. He is. Because Pal Cazole spent a lot of time with Gigi as well. Yeah. And, and his whole entire family. Yeah. You know, and he's actually been looking after his family. Mm-hmm. You know, that, these are the type of things I just shied away from. I'm not doing it on purpose. It's just the emotions. It's very much And not. it's still hard to grasp. I can understand that. It's still hard to grasp. I can definitely understand that. It's, it's hard Even to grasp. watching The Last Dance. Oh, yes, that was really put it in memory of Kobe Bryant. The memory memory of Kobe Bryant. That was hard. That was hard to watch. That was hard. It was hard to watch. But it's always good to put somebody in memory in a documentary when it comes down to something like that. Mm -hmm. So you can't really fault that. Right. I was just mind-boggled about that. But, yeah, that's all I have learned from the uh, investigation. Anything else you want to add? Yeah. All right. So, final thoughts. You got anything? I know you probably got in a regret, though. I did, but not for final thoughts, I don't. Okay. So, go ahead with your end of the regret. In recap mm-hmm. of Monday, right. when I was talking to business owners and entrepreneurs yes. about not being... Uh, not but to stop putting yourself in a position that you would not put yourself in. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. no. Oh, okay. No. Uh, that was just a recap. Mm-hmm. Going into more of a people now, in general. I have a concern because I've watched it, and then I'm and I'm talking to to leaders because I look at this on a federal level. I see this on a federal level. I see it on a, uh, on a, uh, a private citizens level uh, with leadership. Oh. And there's an issue that I have with them as well. Okay. The exact same thing with business owners and entrepreneurships. Stop putting yourself in a position that you would not put nobody else in. Stop it. I'm looking at these pathetic leaders during this Trump trial saying the most absolute absurd and the most stupidest things I ever heard in my life. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, is this how we're going to raise our kids to be leaders? Like you pathetic whips. Is this how we're going to go about this right now? 
Are we going to actually sit here and watch leaders who don't do their homework based on things that they see in front of them? Are we going to sit here and watch leaders who actually don't study briefs, their profession? Is yeah. this what we're teaching our kids? Is this what we're telling our kids to do? How do we deal with that? We have got to find a way to turn it around. As me and you as leaders, girl, for 11 plus years. Watching what's going on with this Trump trial is ridiculous. It is beyond. It's ridiculous. There have got to be some type of non-profit leaderships that me and you have got to do. Because this is stupid. I've never seen any hot garbage like that before. I thought the Republican Party, although I don't agree with them, I would think they would at least have good leadership to recognize right and wrong. Half of them don't. Half of them don't. And it's all because they decided at the very beginning that if we decide to bring in a cancer, we deserve to be talked about in a very bad way. And now that y'all brought the cancer in, now it's uncurable. We can be cancer-free, but you never know what little cells may be warming around in the body. This is no different. This is no different. How, in God's name, can you go and bring in a cancer knowing how the, how the result was going to be? And it's still side with Donald Trump. How do you do that? How do you sleep at night? How? This first, is utter foolishness. Firstly, that was well put. Believe that. That was well put. That was a good analogy. Using an incurable cancer that can't be cured. You know, we always, you know, it's always used to say that it starts with the parents. Yes. It's not even that anymore. And that's even more sad. Yes. Because we've always have said that racism, racism is taught. It was never existed. It was taught. Exactly. Yes. It was taught. Yes. So now when we look at this foolishness and this hot garbage that we're watching with Trump and what we're reading about Trump and his defense lawyers, these are the type of things that everybody in the, well, not everybody, but some in the Republican area that has absolutely no common sense, nothing of that sort, yeah. it's just shying away on about being held accountable. Right. Now that... His lawyers are saying, hey, Trump didn't necessarily say, hey, let's go to, you know, the Capitol and riot it. He never said that. But the Democrats have proof that a phone call showed that he actually did not stop mm -hmm. the rioting oh, we know this. at the first. Oh, yes. We already knew that. We just needed the evidence. We just needed the evidence. That's and that's just the whole general point. They don't want to be held accountable. No, they don't. For their actions. And it's proof right there. That is just the whole point of this whole thing. Don't nobody want to be held accountable anymore. No. How want to be held accountable? Oh, because they brought in a cancer yeah. that is untreatable and now it's spread it. Amongst the Republican Party. There are people that are talking. We have got to completely rebuild the Republican Party. And I agree. I agree. At this point. Because everybody. This is a tainted. hot mess. It's tainted. It's at tainted. this point. It is tainted. I don't understand. Where this came from. How this come about. Why do they feel. That if. They're really that. In my personal opinion. Scared of Donald Trump. They shouldn't even... You know what the problem is? Jumped in in the first place. The real problem is that a lot of people don't want to be threatened by... Uh, be threatened on the base of their yeah. families and everything else. Yeah. And there's there's a way to do things. Mm -hmm. First off, y'all knew the warning signs 
when it came through. Just like when people smoke cigarettes, you know the possibility of getting cancer. You know the possibility of it. So why do it and continue to do it if you know what the uh, what the good possibility would be of you getting cancer? You bring Donald Trump in as a cancer, and you know what it's going to do to the Republican Party, but yet still you still ignore it. Bring him in, he becomes president, and now everybody's tainted. Let me tell you what another mistake was what happened. And this is very, very popular. Here's what also they messed up on. When Donald Trump first announced that he was actually going to run for president, yeah. You know the first thing that came out of people's mouths? Mm. Oh, it's a good idea because he's a good businessman. Exactly. What has politics got to do with business? Exactly. There, there, there is a difference in politics and being a businessman. Exactly. Being a businessman is your own. Mm-hmm. You do what you want as you want. In politics, you don't necessarily have that. You have politics in business, but not a a man with no political experience mm-hmm. in the business. Right. It's different. Now, Barack Obama is a good businessman, but he's also good in politics. Exactly. 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 You would know that people that has experience in politics are good to run for president. Which goes back to my original statement. Just as for business owners and entrepreneurs, it's the same for the leaders of this country and private citizens, mm-hmm. do not put yourself in a predicament that you cannot get yourself out of. Do not put yourself in a situation that you know you would not put yourself through. Do not try to do something you can't do. If you can't study, if you can't read, don't be a leader. A pay raise in leadership do not is not required of you to do less but it's a requirement for you to do more. Correct. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. You have to do more. They're absolutely refusing to do more. Josh Holly, feed up. Rand Paul, doodling. What kind of leaders are y'all? There's a lot of other people that are doing other things, reading briefs, doing other things. Oh, you want to read a brief now? Oh, now you want to talk about coronavirus? Say this Trump. Trial is a waste when he just sat there for four year, for a year saying that this is not real. Oh, now you want to talk about coronavirus. Oh, now you want to do something about it. Now you pay oh, the price. Yeah, everybody <laughs> is paying the price. And, for it and now. now you want to take it, take people's pay away because of that. Now they're talking about Donald Trump needing to be on a ventilator, possibly because of an after effects of it. Again, if you don't belong in it, don't do it. If you're not going to read, if you're not going to study, if you're not going to do your homework, don't be a part of it. That's my piece. Not smart. That's my piece. Now, before I get into on this day in sports history, I have a thought. Well, Mm -hmm. not a thought, but this is more of a bit. Mm -hmm. I'm saying this on this podcast as one, documentation Mm -hmm. two to remind myself that this needs to happen all I'm going to say is on this one Darren is that I need for you to hold me more accountable I'll get into details off the podcast. Got it. But I need you to be more accountable for myself mm-hmm. when it comes to this podcast. I got you. That is my event because right now, in in this stage, right now, shit sucks. I have never, in my personal opinion, never, ever been around a whole bunch of sad wimps in my life. On a working aspect, I understand how you feel. But on this side, just give it a little bit more time because we do have to talk after this.
we do have to talk. Yeah, so, yeah, definitely. We're going to talk because I, I need accountable. you to be, yeah, you need to hold me more accountable. I will. Oh, definitely. I've, I've been held accountable ever since I started working at this job. So I, I can pick up and pick do up it. This, Yeah, actually, you can pick up the slack for fuck's sake because this is, I just got to be held accountable. I, I got you. It's crazy. I got you. It's crazy. Alright, so that's my yeah. Alright, so let's go ahead and take a look at what happened today on this day back in time for February 12th. 1878, Frederick W. Thayer patented the baseball catcher's mask. So I didn't want to bars. 1879, the first artificial ice rink opened in North America. It was at Madison Square Garden in New York City, New York. Ah, my goodness. Did they say it was like four or five editions of Madison Square Garden? I think it went you away yesterday, yeah. Yeah. So that might have been the first edition. Well, now Excuse my French. I've been saying it before, but shit! <laughs> Rocket Square Arena? Bro! Yeah. They didn't want I don't that. give a damn what... They, they probably did, but it wasn't as major as Madison Square Garden. Tell them fuckers to save it. Let me say... Bro! The only thing that was unique about Market Square Arena compared to Madison Square Garden is the fact that when you got on Market Street, you could literally drive under the tunnel where the Pacers played on top. Uh, at the time, you literally drove under Market Square Arena. Literally. <laughs> Look, here's my thing. Market Square Arena. It shouldn't have been torn down. Period. And the only reason why they tore it down was to bring more parking. That's the only reason why they did it. Mm-mm. That ain't the reason why they did that. I don't think that's the reason why they did it. Change my mind. Generate more business. Why do you think the All-Star's down here now? They wouldn't have been able to get the All-Star market. Then right how now. the hell were they going to do it there? If you're talking about generating more businesses, where the hell are they going to park? They would have had some space to be able oh, to do that. Parking! That was the biggest issue Well, the in big, the downtown area. The biggest issue... Was bringing more, generating more business to Indianapolis. No, and one of the ways to do that was to get rid of Market Square Arena. Now, mind you, what they could have done was left Market Square Arena, the space that's for Casinko, then Casinko and Bankers Life Fieldhouse, they could have used that for parking. What did you say was building that old parking lot right there, right across the street from Bankers Life Fieldhouse now? Hotels. Hotels. Yeah. Right. Hotels. Okay. So here's my thing. The only way, in my personal opinion, even though they still could have generated more businesses, the main problem that they was having was parking. You had to start by at least opening more parking garages. Which they did with uh, Bankers Life Fieldhouse. Which they did with Bankers Life and also with the uh, parking, was that the parking? How long did that parking garage across from Lucas Oil been open? That's been a while. I think that's the for the post office. And yeah, for the, yeah, that too. I think it was for the post office. And then of course you got the one for the um, what the stay house? Yes, they're their own garage. Yeah, but none for the public. Hey. Okay, parking. This is this is opinionated. So this yeah, is not, this, totally no, for opinionated. Me, no, for me, what I'm about to say, this oh. is opinionated. Okay. And probably for both of us, it's really opinionated. Mm-hmm. But here's what I'm going to say about that. You have to think about this way. If, if one of the things about the state of Indiana, especially in the downtown area, Indy, downtown Indianapolis, 
there is a lot of bars. So what do you do for those people that likes to drive and go to those bars? You take away the parking. That means you're taking away from people driving downtown. You're adding more buildings such as hotels. You're generating more buildings to be able to generate businesses. So now you take the whole parking away, and guess what? How many people have to get downtown? Shuttle buses. More business. Okay, I'll give you that. Here's another thing. I want you to think about this, too. Despite all of the hotels and all of the bars yeah. that the state of Indiana has right. in downtown, right? the main question would have been, Would they have started this to generate that business? Was parking. Yeah. This was before shuttle buses. Right. So how were they going to actually start building all these businesses? Pay parking. Pay parking. That's when they started to tear down Market Square Arena. Yeah. To generate more, which I felt, in my personal opinion, that could have stayed because they could have used other properties that they other. had before right. to generate off of that. Right. Then came Consenco. Then came Lucas Oil. Then came the bars, more bars, and the hotels. Mm -hmm. So they had to start before the shuttle buses was pay parking. Because, like I said, customer complaint was always parking. Yeah. Always. Mm -hmm. So they had to generate at least that first before they started building all this stuff. Well, and I mean, if you're talking at a standpoint to be able to say, oh, we just going to get uh, parking so people can pay, so we can do this, is one thing. But then you have to just literally just sit down and think about it. There were other ways around it. They still had parking meters. They still had yeah. uh, maybe a couple parking uh, 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 parking lots bro, uh, downtown. We was industrial oh, in yeah. the first place. Oh, yes. And, that's and that hurt even more. That, that you are right. Otherwise, we'd have had a fourth edition of Market Square Arena. A fourth edition? Yeah. We didn't even have three. No. We only had none. And that started whenever Market Square Arena was built. 19... Shit. 1970s. Bro. I think it was the 1970s. I ain't happy about that. That's all I got to say. That's interesting. I'm not, I'm not happy about that. MSA still should be up. They could have worked around that. No, I'm not going. I'm not disagreeing with you that market square is should still be up. It still should have been up. But again, you have to think about the aspect of bigger business. I get it. More sweets. I get more it. money. I get it. You know what this is about. This is about greed. I get it. Now, could they have upgraded market square arena? Absolutely. I think they could. They could have brought in more money. Having Marcus Square Arena up. But, of course, they had to build a bigger building for the presence of play in to bring in more capacity, to bring in more business. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <sighs> Can't win. Can't win. Dude. Can't win. All right. 1880. The National Croquette League was organized in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. 82. Ray Gretzky tied the NHL record for points in a season when he got his 153rd point. 87. Bill Fitch became the fifth coach in NBA history to get 700 career wins. 89. Wow. Wayne Gretzky got his 45th career hat trick and achieved a 40-plus goal season for the 10th time in his career. 93. The San Jose Sharks lost their 17th straight game to tie an NHL record. 97, Kevin Johnson of the Phoenix Suns reached 1,000 career steals. And last but not least, 2002, baseball owners approved the sale of Florida Marlins and Montreal Expos.
Mm. Which Florida State and Florida, of course, they just changed the name to Miami. Mm-hmm. Well, that was later. Um, and then, of course, Montreal moved to was it Washington to be the Nationals? I'm not sure about that one. I think Montreal moved to Washington to become the Nationals. Ooh, I want to spill out the wrong information. Well, while you're spilling out that wrong information you think you're spilling out and looking up, mm. let me just mention something else that we forgot okay. about yes. when we was talking about these old Indianapolis debate with the Marcus Square Arena. Okay. Random question. Mm-hmm. Victor Field. What about it? What do you think about that one? Now, now do you think, exactly, do you think that they should have kept Bush Stadium? And made more parking because it was not downtown. Now, it's literally right around the corner from us. It is around the corner. So, literally five minutes tops. They didn't tear it down. They no, ended they up changing it to loss and made money off money. of it. Why can they get do that with MSA? Why can they do that? But they why did they have to they build that? Why did they have to build Victory Field instead? How come they just couldn't upgrade their stadium? No, and I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. But if they were able to, but my thing is that if they're able to keep Bush Stadium and turn it into something to make business out of that too, they could have done it with MSA. I mean, they could have. They really could have. That's why I was thinking Victory Field, they could have, Victory Field, Bush Stadium, they could have just upgraded that. Would have been hell for us because you have Victory Field down 16th Street one way, and then you have the Speedway on the other side of 16th Street. Yeah, man, it would have been hell. It would have been hell. Not to mention what they're building right across the way here, right across the street, literally from us. What they're building there is probably it's probably a little league sign up or sign up for some kind of sport. So that's something we'll have to get more in depth with. So that's Mm going to be. Another interesting model in itself. And yes, right. uh, Montreal did move to Washington in 2004. They did. They moved to D.C. to come to uh, Washington Nationals. Gotcha. Okay. So. All right. So that's all I have for today's sports history for back in time of February 12th. So then that's what we wrap this back way up and get on out of here. Yep. All right, ladies and gentlemen. That is the edition of Don't Take Sports Talk. Thank you for downloading to listen to our podcast. I am Daryl. Daryl. Try to cross from. Yeah. Alright, catch you on to the episode. Uh, don't take sports talk. Until then. Ciao. ciao.